Hello and welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Aren't you glad that that tomb is empty today? Hallelujah. We serve a risen Savior. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Great seeing all of you today. Say it with me right now. God is a good God. The devil's a bad devil, but God is a good God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of an empty tomb. We just had a song about it, but man, that's why we're here right now, because that tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. So I want to welcome you this morning to Harvest Church on Easter Sunday morning. Hallelujah. And I want to welcome all of those that are watching online as well. We welcome you today and everyone that's on campus today. It's so great to see all of you. We just finished now this week uh, a week called Holy Week or the Week of Passion, all right? Passion Week. And uh, last Sunday I talked a little bit about last Sunday was Palm Sunday. And so we kind of listed out what Passion Week looks like. And you can see all of the events that take place during Passion Week. Last Sunday we talked about Palm Sunday as Jesus came into Jerusalem. And everyone said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then on Monday Jesus angers the leaders at the temple by turning over the temple. They've been turning uh, the, the house of God into a place of merchandising. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people, but you've made it into a den of thieves. And he turned over the table. And let me tell you what, just as Jesus came into the temple that you know, time 2,000 years ago, I want to just suggest today that Jesus still wants to come into the temple of our own hearts. And every now and then he'll turn over the tables in our own hearts and say, I don't want that in there anymore. We want this to be a holy place because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And then on Tuesday, Jesus uh, confronts the hypocrisy of the Jewish leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the council members. He spends three chapters in Matthew just coming against the religious system as it stood that day. Then, on Wednesday, Judas was bribed to betray Jesus. He was bribed for, what, 30 pieces of silver. And I'll tell you what, he felt so bad about it after it had taken place, he actually threw the silver back at them. But then, he, you know, he had gone so far, he went out and took his life. It was just the most sad thing. How many know that... The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And then on Thursday is the Last Supper. That Last Supper was really the first supper that we had as the Lord's Supper, if you will. The communion that we call it. But that was celebrating Passover. The Passover lamb. And when the blood of Jesus Christ is on the doorposts of your life, guess what? The death angel is going to pass over it. That's what Passover is about. I'll preach a sermon on that another time. But suffice to say that all of you that are in here that are believers in Jesus Christ, you're covered by the blood of the Lamb. The, the Lamb for sinners slain once for all. Hallelujah. And then on Friday, Jesus was crucified. And they nailed him that old rugged cross. And he died for the sins, your sins and mine. And because he died, we've been made alive in Christ Jesus. Saturday was a silent kind of a day. But I want to just say, how many know that, how many know that God is working even in the silent times in our lives? You might say, well, there's nothing happening on the surface. But I'm telling you what, underneath the surface, a lot is going on. And it bore out, you know, you might be living in a Friday zone right now. But I'm telling you what, Sunday is coming. And this is Sunday right now, Resurrection Day. 
Jesus could not be held by the pangs of death or a grave at all. He arose again and he's alive today. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise if you do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the, re the, the, the story of Easter, the whole story takes a lot of time, a lot of different facets. In fact, the Easter story I just wrote down, it's like a diamond because it has so many different facets. It's a beautiful story, but it has a lot of different facets. In fact, in Matthew, we'll be in the book of Matthew this morning, but all of the Gospels cover the resurrection. But Matthew takes 28 chapters to do it. Well, we're not, we, don't, we won't be able to do 28 chapters this morning. We'll just be able to talk about a part of it, just a piece of it, just a facet of it. But I want to talk this morning about the day of Jesus' resurrection because this is Sunday right now, all right? This is Easter Sunday morning. We call it Resurrection Sunday. So I want to just spend a few moments talking about where we're sitting at right now. We're, we're talking about the day of his resurrection. How many glad that we have a Resurrection Sunday and a Resurrection Day? Amen. So this morning, I want to just ask you to just take out your Bibles to, uh, to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to be only in Matthew chapter 28, except for a segue that I'll take and just uh, for a couple of other scriptures. But just stay in Matthew chapter 28. And we'll be covering just a few uh, scriptures here this morning that tell the story. And we'll, so we'll start on Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn the first day, first of all, before I even get into this, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord God, for being with us today. Lord, your word is already blessed, but Lord, I just pray that your word would be blessed to our hearts, that we'd have open ears to hear what you want to say to us today. So Lord, for these next few moments that we have together, I pray that we would just lean into your word, not be distracted, Lord God, but to lean into your word. And Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts and let us become the people of God that you call us to be. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, I haven't done this in a long time. This is my Bible. Say it with me. This is my Bible. The living and powerful, proven word of God. A lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. God's holy word on which I stand. And having done all, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Whatever the Word of God says I am, whatever the Word of God says I have, whatever the Word of God says I can do, say with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. You sound like a bunch of believers. Hallelujah. And by the way, there are notes that you received this morning too, and you can get those online as well. So let's start here in your notes. The day of Jesus' resurrection after the Sabbath. The Sabbath in Israel, by the way, is on Saturday. They call it Shabbat. Say it with me right now, Shabbat. So that would have been yesterday in Israel. The Sabbath goes from sunup till sundown. So once the sun starts setting in the afternoon, then Sabbath is over, and all of the people go out and celebrate, that they've celebrated another Sabbath together. So after the Sabbath, that's where we're at right now, at dawn on the first day of the week, that's where we're at right now on Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. So they went and looked at the tomb that Jesus was uh, buried in, and they had seen him prepared and buried in the tomb and they were going on that third day to take a look and they were going to come and, and tend to the body of Jesus but when they got there something happened by the way the tomb was a it turned out to be a borrowed tomb it was uh, it was given really to Jesus by a man named Joseph of Arimathea Arimathea was about 20 miles away from Jerusalem um, Joseph of Arimathea was a council member but he'd become a follower of Christ a disciple of Christ so we always think of disciples of Christ of as the 12 disciples, but Jesus also had the 70, then he had the 120 that were in the upper room and all those. He had a lot more disciples than just the 12. The 12 now had been so 
uh, overwhelmed and, and, and uh, uh, by the events of the, of the crucifixion that they all went into hiding. It, it, it had just been too much for them to take, and they all went into hiding. They were actually terrified. But here Joseph went to... Pa Joseph now, not the, the father of Jesus. I'm talking about Joseph of Arimathea. He was a rich man, the Bible says. He went and said, you know, I've, I've got my own grave prepared right now, but I'm going to give it to Jesus. And so he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Aren't you glad that he did that? And he was going to give Jesus uh, his grave forever, you know, just to be buried in permanently. But I'm so glad it turned out to be a borrowed grave. And the reason why it's a borrowed grave is Jesus only needed it for three days. Can I get a way to say amen? That was the kind of grave we like, amen? So they went and looked at this tomb, and then there was a violent earthquake. Look at verse 2. There was a violent earthquake. Now, there was an earthquake when Jesus died on the cross. Remember, there was an earthquake right there. Then there was an earthquake when the angel came down to the tomb. There was an earthquake at that time. All I can say is that when God is around, get ready for things to quake. Can I get a witness? Amen. In fact, years and years ago, they used to have a group of believers called the Quakers. And the reason why they called the Quakers is because they would shake when the power of God came and they'd just start shaking. I think we need a little bit more quaking and shaking in the church today. Amen. Hallelujah. There was a violent earthquake, so for the angel of the Lord had come down from heaven going to the tomb, and he, he rolled back the stone and he sat on it. So the angel of the Lord came down, he rolled back the stone, then he sat on it, and his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were like snow. Now this would have been like some kind of a Steven Spielberg kind of a movie where you'd see all this bright light coming. It'd just be this radiant angel just sitting there. How many know that that's not something you see every day? And the guards, they had guarded this tomb. If you read the chapter previous to this, they sent guards because they said, you know, there's a story going around that Jesus might rise again on the third day, so let's guard the tomb. So they set the stone in place and they sealed the stone and they put guards around it. But now the guards, when they saw the angel, look at verse 4, they were so afraid of him that they shook and become like dead men. They, 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 they fell down because they could not stand up. And, they were, and the angel said to the uh, woman, he says, don't be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. I know why you're here. You're looking for Jesus who is crucified. But he says this, he's not here anymore. And he is risen just as he said. Say with me, he is risen just as he said. How many know that the Lord will do what he says he's going to do? And he says, come and see the place where he laid. Come and see. The angel's saying, no, come and see. Come on into the tube. See the place where he's laid. You'll see that he's not here. Then look at verse 7. It says, then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. Then you will see him. And he says, now I've told you. He says, I've told you. You'll see him. And so he says, go quickly and tell his disciples. Now I want you to just see for a second here. This is really a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's kind of the, the Easter story is like this. Come and see and go and tell. Say with me right now, come and see. That's what we say to others about Jesus. Come and see, he's really real. He's really risen from the dead. And then he said, go and tell. Go and tell the disciples that what I said would happen, happened. So say with me again this morning, church family. Come and see and go and tell. We've come and seen this morning, but now we're going to go out of here and go and tell in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This morning we went to a real spiritual place uh, uh, Barbara and I, on our way to church, we went to Starbucks. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, every time we go to Starbucks on Sunday morning, it's kind of just a habit, either Starbucks or McDonald's. I just get a little egg sandwich. 
uh, just so I have a little protein and so forth on the way. And Barb gets a coffee. I, I don't need a coffee because I've already got enough energy already. Uh, but I love coffee, but just not on a Sunday morning. Otherwise, my sermons would be twice as long as they are. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but she was talking to the person that was our server at the window. And almost every time we go through there, Barbara will always invite them to church. And here was a young Romanian man this morning and, uh, and uh, he, uh, he, uh, he, he said, what are you doing today? And he said, we're going to church. And he says, where do you go to church? And I said, well, we go to church at Harvest Church. That's a really good church. You know, we go to church at Harvest Church. Amen. How long have you gone to church there? Oh, I've, I've uh, gone there for about 19 years now. And, and, uh, and then Barbara said, uh, uh, what, 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 I can't remember what you said. Oh, anyway, uh, he, Barbara said to, her, to him, he said, uh, do you go to church? And he says, no, I used to go to church. I used to, but I don't go to church anymore. And then we just invited him to come back to church. And he said, you know, I used to go to a church of God a long time ago. And, 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 and he said, so it's been a long time since I've gone to church. So we just invited him today. What's the point I'm trying to make is that we have seen the Savior and we want people to see them for himself. Amen. And there's some people that have religion, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How I many know that it's more than religion? It's more than a Sunday morning Easter experience. It's an all-year-long relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness here this morning? Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. So, uh, what happened? He says, quickly go and tell the disciples he has risen from the dead, just like he said he would. So, the women hurried away from the tomb. Notice that Jesus allowed, it was women that he allowed to see the tomb first of all. Man, I think that's very significant, ladies. Hallelujah. And, and... And so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Now, you've got to decipher this verse right here. But while the women were on their way, suddenly Jesus met them, and he said, Greetings, Jesus met them again. And there might have been more added to them at this time. And, and, and they came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. So he said, greetings. And then he said, he said, he says, again, he repeats them. He says, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. Tell the disciples to go to Galilee, and there they will see me, all right? So he tells them again to tell the disciples what happened is true. Go to Galilee, and Jesus is going to show up, and you'll see him. Hallelujah. I'm just glad here this morning, everyone, that we have an empty tomb and a risen Savior. And if you are glad for that, say aloud, amen. Amen. Now, on the empty tomb, there's a picture of the garden tomb here that'll come up. The garden tomb's in Israel. And, and uh, many people believe that this is the actual tomb that, took, that, that Jesus laid in. We don't know. But uh, I want you, what I want you to see this morning is this. The stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out it was rolled away so that we could look in, all right? Jesus had a transfigured body. He just walked right through that stone. But the stone was rolled away so that w the witnesses could look in and see that Jesus was risen. And here's what I want you to see this morning, too. The tomb was empty. I wrote this down. The tomb was empty so that we could be full of the presence of God. In other words, we didn't have a God that died way back then. We have a God that's alive. That tomb was left empty so that we could be full of the presence of the Lord. 
I've been to that tomb now. I've had the privilege of going to that tomb about six times in my life uh, over in Israel. And many of you that are here with us today have, have walked into that same tomb that I'm talking about. And I hope every person in this place is, in your lifetime, I'll, I pray and hope that you'll get to go to Jerusalem someday because you'll feel just like you're supposed to be there and just like you're at home when you go over to Jerusalem. But if you've never been to Jerusalem and you'd like to go someday, just raising your hand is free, all right? But you say, I'd like to go over there and go to the Holy Land someday and walk where Jesus walked. And I pray that that'll happen for you. The Bible will come alive. It's never come alive before. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Say with me this morning, Jesus is alive. Now, the second thing this morning is this is the cover-up of Jesus' resurrection. Did you know that there was a cover-up? Yes, there was. This could be a miniseries on TV, I'm telling you. They could name it the Ten Commandments, right? Now, that was way back in the Old Testament going on, but they could have a brand new one. So there was a cover-up. Look in Matthew chapter 28 now and we're verse 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. There was a small group of guards that were at the tomb, probably three or four or five or six, we don't really know, but some of them went and talked to the high priest about what, what had happened. And, and, and they said that Jesus did arise. He, 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 he arose. They, they said he's, he's, he arose from the dead. There was an angel there in the whole thing. When the chief priests heard what was going on, they knew that they had a problem on their hand, and they had to quiet this story down. So they devised a cover-up. Say with me right now, a cover-up. And so when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money. They gave them a large sum of money, and now that's called the payoff. They paid him off to lie about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they told them, here's what you're to say. Here's what you're to say, all right? His disciples came. He says, you can say this. His disciples came during the night and stole them away while we were asleep. That's the story that we're going to tell. And if this, he says, if this report gets to the government, governor, he will, will satisfy him and will keep you out of trouble. So that's going to be our alibi that what, what happened. Now, first of all, this doesn't make any sense at all if you want to just think about it really quickly. First of all, the soldiers that were guarding the tomb, if they would have failed at their task, they'd have been put to death. That was the consequence. If Jesus escapes, if Jesus um, is taken out by uh, his disciples or whatever, if the body is stolen, they are put to death. How many of you know you're going to stay up all night if that's the case, right? You know, I don't want to, you know, but they're not. And then secondly, they said, here's your alibi. Just tell them that, that we were all sleeping and they escaped while we were sleeping. Well, first of all, if you were sleeping, how did you see what happened? Are you hearing, did you ever think about that? How many of you know that people who are sleeping make poor witnesses, first-hand witnesses? And so... Their, 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 their story was really just bogus right from the beginning. So the soldiers, the Bible says, took the money and they did as they were instructed. Watch this now. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Now, Matthew was saying this. This story has been going all the way up to my time when he wrote the book of Matthew, right? But it's also gone forward to us today that Jesus really didn't rise from the dead. You know, there's a bunch of people who don't believe that he ever uh, uh, rose from the dead, including Jews today don't believe. Many of them don't believe that he ever rose from the dead. I'm talking about modern-day Jews. So here's what I want you to know here about the devil, all right, and all this. The devil is a con man whose desire is to deceive all of mankind, including you. And to con is to give you something counterfeit for the genuine. 
the fake for the real thing. That's what a con does. He tries to fake you out and gives you a con for the, or a fake thing for the genuine, a counterfeit for the genuine. So just as the devil tried to deceive Adam and Eve in the garden, remember that? And they said, the devil said, did Jesus really say that? He was always trying to take away what you knew was true. And just as the devil tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, the devil wants to con you and to cover up the power of the gospel in your life. Sometimes you've received something true and real from God and the devil will try to talk you out of it and say that it's a lie and he'll even try to pay you off in some way and just say, you know what, I, I, you can live my life and I'm going to do this for you or whatever. No, I'm telling you, about he's trying to con you. So remember this, the devil is a deceiver. You can tell if he's lying if he's moving his mouth. Can you hear me? You can tell the devil is lying if he moves his mouth. Because the devil's a deceiver, a liar, a destroyer, a father of lies, and he's one that will lead you to Hades and to hell. But remember this, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the only one that will lead you to heaven. Can I get a witness? Give the Lord a great hand clap for that. So here's what I want you to say. See this morning, don't let the devil con you into believing that the resurrection is not real. Don't let the devil take anything away from you, talk you out of anything that God has done in your life. In the name of Jesus. Now, we've talked about the day of the resurrection. We've talked about the cover-up of the resurrection. The third thing we're going to talk about here this morning is the proofs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because there's many proofs. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, it'll just come up. It says this, After his suffering... Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Say with me this morning, many convincing truths that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. 40 days. So Jesus was crucified on the cross. He rose again three days later. So let me give you some numbers right here real quickly. Are y'all going, by the way, you're listening really well this morning. God bless you. Uh, Jesus... Uh, ministry started at age 30 when he was baptized by John the Baptist. Then it went from age 30 to age 33. Three years of great, tremendous ministry. Signs and wonders, miracles and everything took place. So he went to the cross when he was 33 years old. Then he died and he rose again three days later. He was on earth giving many convincing proofs for the next 40 days. And after 40 days, say with me, 40 days, 40 days after the resurrection, he ascends to the Father. Remember that? He ascends to the Father. And he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He ascends to the Father. But then he says, before you go out and witness for me, go to Jerusalem and wait in an upper room. And then 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, that was 50 right there. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down, baptized in the Spirit. They all spoke with tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them evidence. And they became bold to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, many proofs of Jesus' resurrection. So, Jesus gave many proofs that he was alive for that period of 40 days. Hallelujah. If anyone didn't believe that Jesus was alive, oh my goodness, in that land, he was there for another 40 days and he gave many convincing proofs, all right? So now, if you look in Google or whatever, if you search it in a, in a Bible reference book or whatever, and uh, I even hesitate to say Google or Microsoft anymore. Everybody's corrupt, but you can still find some information. <laughs> there are some 13 post-resurrection appearances of Christ that are listed, all right? Post-resurrection. But 
really the one that summed it up the best was the Apostle Paul. And I'm going to give you this in point number four. He talked about the reality of, of Jesus' resurrection. Say with me this morning, the reality. The reality of Jesus' resurrection. And Paul wrote about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It'll come up on the screen. He says, I've received and I passed on to you as of first importance that what? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is of primary importance, he said. I want you to know this. Let me ask you this morning, church family, how many believe that Christ died for your sins? Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Give me a loud amen. Amen? amen. And, and that he was buried and that he was raised up on the third day according to the scriptures. How many believe that Christ was buried but he didn't stay there? He rose up on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12. Um, you might say, well, it's 11, isn't it? No, it'd be 12 by the time we got to this scripture because Matthias had been added. Judas had been subtracted, but then Matthias was added to the 12. And after that, he appeared to more, watch this in verse 6, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at, same, at the same time. Let me tell you what, maybe a few people could keep a secret, but 500 couldn't keep a secret. <laughs> 500 people, brothers and sisters, at the same time. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And at last of all, he said, he appeared to me. He says, man, I just got in on the good graces of God. As one born out of due time, he says, I, I, got, to, I got to see Jesus for myself. So Paul is saying this, all of these convincing proofs and all these things that he listed, Jesus really is alive and it was substantiated by so many people in the area. But still, everyone, even today, there are some who say there is no resurrection from the dead. So many people in the world say there was never any resurrection from the dead. Jesus was a good man, a good teacher. No, Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, the risen Son of God, came to die for the sins of this world. Hallelujah. So Paul emphasizes this, and he's kind of giving up because he's talking to believers right now. And he's saying this, don't be pulled into some other kind of philosophy. Don't be pulled in away from the gospel of Jesus Christ that you know is true. He says this, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Think about that. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. In other words, if Christ is not risen, we're wasting our time and believing a lie this morning. That's what Paul is saying. Your preaching is useless and so is your faith. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. How many believe you've been forgiven from your sins? Amen. But he said, if Christ hasn't been risen, then you're still in sins and your, your, your faith is futile. In other words, this is just an exercise in futility. But I'm telling you, everyone, it's more than an exercise in futility. God is in the room right now. God is in our hearts right now. God is moving by his spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, he's alive. And he says, if, if you don't believe in this resurrection, he says, then those who have fallen asleep or died in Christ are lost. All of those saints that have died in Christ are lost if, if Christ isn't risen. Then he said this, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied if this is all we've got. We've only got this life, but let me tell you what, everyone, we've got more than this life. We've got this life as a little dot on the timeline of eternity, and we've got eternity ahead with the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But now, here's the great transition that takes place when Paul is just communicating this, and he says this, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, 
The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Hallelujah. I want you to say it with me this morning. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. In fact, in the King James Version, it would say, Christ is risen indeed. Just say it right now. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And I want you to say it now. Christ is risen indeed. And then give the living Savior a great applause of praise. Say it with me. Christ is risen indeed. Give him a great. Hallelujah. And there was so much power in that resurrection. I want you to just remember this in the Bible. You can go back to uh, Matthew chapter 27 and read this later because you won't believe that it happened. But when Jesus died, there was an earthquake that took place. Like I said, when he died, there was an earthquake. The earthquake opened up some graves around Jerusalem. There was so much power that when Jesus rose from the dead, saints from those graves came up and they walked into town. And they say, there's old Joe. He died back in 1965. And there he is right now. Come on into the house. Man, I'm telling you what, that was going on all over Jerusalem. In addition to all of the other proofs, there was many of the dead saints that walked back into town. Hallelujah. We need resurrection sometimes like that right here in our church. Amen. Hallelujah. There was one church a long time ago that was so dead that somebody died during service. And they called in the paramedics, and the paramedics came, and they took six people out before they could find the right one. How many know that that's a dead church? But I'm telling you what, these dead saints, not a good joke, but anyway, I just had to share that with you. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, where was I? Uh, anyway, there was so much power that even the dead came to life. But it was Jesus who came alive. Remember this. Jesus was the first, the first fruits. And there's even a tie into the first fruits offering here. Jesus became our first fruits. He's the first one that came out from the grave. And then was followed by some that came out from the grave itself. But here's what I want you to see this morning. Jesus is alive and he's the only one that did it. If you want to believe in a religious leader that is really true, believe in one who got out of the grave. And listen to this. Confucius has died. Buddha has died. Mohammed has died. But Jesus is the, the only one that was, he died and he rose again and he's been glorified. Hallelujah. And watch this. Because Jesus left his tomb empty, one day you will leave your grave empty. Because the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who remain will be caught up together, and together we'll be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> if you ever die before you go to heaven, guess what? It's just the first stop. Because you get to get out of the grave first, and then those who are alive and remain will follow you up, and together we'll be with the Lord. So because Jesus rose again, we will rise again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the first fruits of many who will rise again. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but it wasn't just Jesus. Jesus did rise again, but one day because he rose again, he was the first fruits. You're going to rise again. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you what, that's a good thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're going to have a brand new glorified body. You know why you're going to have a brand new glorified body? Because you're going to need one when you get there. You're going to need one. But praise God, you've got a lot to look forward to. Praise God. Now, 
So that's the reality of Jesus' resurrection. We talked about the proofs of, the, of his reaction, resurrection, then the reality of his resurrection. Now we're going to talk, the last thing here this morning is this. What is our response? The response to Jesus' resurrection. And that's right at the end of, of Matthew chapter 27 in this wonderful ending chapter of the book of Matthew. So remember this, I said the story of Easter is like come and see and go and tell. Come and see and go and tell. So Jesus now gets to the end, and he's getting ready to ascend to the Father, and he says this. He says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He had delegated authority from God. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is an interesting thing right now. He says, go. So he says, Say it with me right now. Go. Go into all the world. Now you've heard, you've seen the resurrected Christ. You've seen this story. The story isn't finished right now. It's just, I'm just segueing to you right now to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said the name, which is singular, which really points to the, 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 the significance of one God and three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The triune God that we serve. It's a mystery. Three and one, one and three, and the one in the middle lives in me. Can I get a witness? Amen. And... and, and but he says, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That's discipleship. Teaching them to obey everything that I've, I've commanded you. And last week, we talked about the blessings of obedience. If you want to have a blessed life, walk and have an, ob an obedient life. He says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you to do. And then he says this, by the way, I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of the earth. He says, I'm sending you out on this assignment, but you're not going to go away because I'm going to be with you. And he said, here's how it's going to happen. I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside of you, the one that we need in our lives, the Holy Spirit's going to, I'm going to be with you in that person of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be with you and in, in, in wherever you go to share this gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are living in a tanked out world. In other words, an empty world that needs God more than it's ever needed God before. Uh, a, a world that's questioning more what's going on. A world that feels more, more um, uncertain about anything. And I'll tell you what, our certainty is in Jesus Christ. In the power of God. In the truth of the scripture. In the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to share it well. I'm so glad this morning that... We don't serve a dead Savior, we serve a risen Savior, and we serve a Savior of, who got out of that empty tomb in the name of Jesus. And that's the power of an empty tomb. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise this morning, if you would. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, I'm feeling like going on right now in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about I'm so glad to be a believer today, and I'm so glad that I've got something so powerful and wonderful to share. Praise God. Hallelujah. And many people have been, in the last year, been trapped even in that box of what you might call COVID or pandemic. We've all been boxed in. But I'm telling you what, we serve a God who won't be held back by any box. And God can break free out of any box, any chain that's around you. Any box that has you surrounded, God can break through by his mighty power. Praise God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you right now for the power of that empty tomb. And really, everyone, we talk about the power of the empty tomb, but really, theologically more correct, it's the power of the cross. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. 
That's where the price was paid on the cross of Jesus Christ. And then his resurrection had to happen. Without the resurrection, our faith is futile. And our preaching is in vain. But thank God Jesus did rise. He's alive today. He lives. Thank you, Lord God. We used to sing an old song, you know, He lives within my heart. You ask me how I know He lives? Uh, he goes, no, He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. Hey, everyone, do you know that Jesus lives within your heart? Kind of wave at me if you do, all right, if you know. Man, I know Jesus lives in my heart. And you might even say, even with me, I don't have everything figured out. I'm still trying to figure everything out, everyone. But let me tell you this, as deep as you are, God is deeper still. And the, dig, the, 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 the deeper you dig, you'll, you'll find out things that you just don't know. It's one thing about education. The more you know, the more you know you don't know. And, and all of these things. But I'm telling you what, God is so vast. And yet the one thing I do know is he's alive. He lives in my heart. He speaks to me by his Holy Spirit. And he'll do the same thing for you as well. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Father in heaven, I pray. I thank you, Lord, for your words, Lord God, that encourage us today that you are alive. And, Lord, that you're living in our hearts today. And we pray and we bless you today, Lord God. And we celebrate you on this Easter Sunday morning, this resurrection morning. And we give you praise today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to ask you to stand all across the auditorium this morning. And, everyone, you've just been so wonderful to preach to today. I love it. Uh, you know, I think it was the church of Berea that they said, you know, that they received the word gladly and, and they soaked in the word. And, and I, I just bless you right now just for being, leaning into the word of God this morning. God just loves to see that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Lift your hands for just a moment right now. Lord, we just love you so much. We bless you today, Lord God. We bless you today, Lord God. God, I just pray, Lord God, for your spirit, Lord God, to be poured out on all of your people in a special way, Lord God. Let our hearts be dry and thirsty ground, Lord God, that only you can fill. And Lord, if our hearts have been hardened in any way, Lord, I pray right now that you would plow up the fallow ground. Plow up the fallow ground, Lord God, and give us tender hearts, not hardened hearts, not rocky hearts, but tender hearts right now. And Lord, the soil of our hearts, Lord, I pray that you just plow up the soil of our hearts as well so it could be good ground. Let every believer have a good ground heart that will return some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Lord, I just pray this right now, a blessing over your people, Lord God, that you just let our hearts, Lord God, long after you. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me encourage you to do something, everyone. And you can put your hands down. And today, there's a great day. There's a lot of um, family get-togethers and things that you're, you're doing on the, on the safe side and all of that in, in this season that we're walking out of. But as you get together with your family, that is so good. Having some good food today, that is so good. Um, some of the kids have Easter egg hunts and they're having so much fun. We're eating a chocolate bunny. But listen, it's not about that. It's about a risen Savior. The only reason we gather, the only reason we gather is to celebrate a risen Savior. What's the source of our celebration? The source of our celebration is Jesus. 
So when all of the dust settles and all of the calendar appointments are fulfilled and you've got it, let me just encourage you to take a walk in beautiful California. Take a walk around the block or take a walk into that area that you like to walk in in your neighborhood or whatever. But say, Lord, today I just want to come to you and worship you, that you are the risen Savior. And just talk to the Lord and say, God, you know where my heart is at. God, you know where I'm aching. God, you know where I'm empty. God, you know that there's something you need to do in my heart. And God will meet you right there on the sidewalk. He'll meet you right there on the street. He'll meet you right where you're at if you'll just get honest with God. And it doesn't even have to be a certain time, Peter, a certain time period. It just has to be getting together with God. And he'll meet you right where you're at in the name of How do I know? Because I meet him all the time. I just meet him all the time. And he'll do the same thing for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, yes, heal every hurt in this place too, Lord God. There's people that are hurting here today got family hurts, got physical hurts, got financial hurts. Lord, I just pray right now that you just bring healing to them in this special way today in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to ask you here for a moment all across the auditorium. The best decision I ever made in my life was to receive Christ as my Savior, and I did that when I was about eight years old. And uh, I received Christ in a little church in North Dakota. But then when I was about 14 years old, I had another experience with God and some, some churches would call it, it was kind of like an act of sanctification, if you will. A second act. Uh, in other words, it was a, 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 a work of the Holy Spirit in me. And, and, uh, 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 and infilling the Holy Spirit and all of that. But I was out, in a, out on a sidewalk and just had an encounter with God. And I just knew right there, man, I was in. I was going to go in all the way. I was going for God. You know what I'm saying? You, what, however God meets you, just let him meet you. But there'll be a time that he'll just meet you and you'll go, man, I'm in on this. Now I can just tell you right now, I'm just a young man of 65 right now. But I've been following God. can't even believe I'm saying that, man. I used to think 65-year-old people were old, but I was so wrong. I was so wrong. They're just hip. They're just as hip as anybody. They're all just trapped in a 65-year-old body, but they're just a 35-year-old kid on the inside. You know, they're, I'm just serious. I'm just keeping it real. Hallelujah. You know, I can boot up a PC. I can boot up a Mac. I can go do all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I, all that stuff. I don't, you know, I'm, I've got 10... Uh, Alexis in my house, you know, not, not not Alexis car. I'm talking about those little, uh, those little, uh, those little, those little things you talk to. I've got, you know, I'm talking about those little, uh, what do they call it? Echo. Yeah, I've got Echo. Yeah, I've got the Echoes. I got about ten of those. They turn my lights off. They turn them on. They they look at rats up in my up in my uh, up in my uh, attic. Two cameras up there. I do all that stuff because I'm hip, right? Can I get a witness? Amen. It's not even that old. They do all this stuff. I'm just trying to give some kudos out to the people that are 65 and how cool they are. They do all that stuff. They're just, they're just, they're just trapped in a, they're a 30-year-old, 35-year-old trapped in a 65-year-old body. Um, and I'm even trying to figure out, but this is the other part of, of being 65, is I'm trying to figure out what this has to do with anything that I'm talking about. What was I, what, where was I trying to go with it? That's the other side. But anyway... Where was I trying to go with that? It, having an encounter with God. Yeah. Have, oh, I've been following all the way through having an encounter with God. Thank you. Oh, now, I know, now I'm back. Now I'm back. 
I got saved when I was eight, had an encounter with God, been following him ever since. God's still with me, but the greatest decision I ever made was to receive Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And I want to ask you this morning, if, you're, if you say, Pastor Perry, I'm on the outside looking in, I feel disconnected from God today, I feel empty on the inside, let me invite you to invite Christ into your heart. He, lift, he left that empty tomb so that he could reside in your heart. And he stands at our heart and he knocks and he says, if, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and Uh, live inside of him and he with me and have fellowship with him and he with me. In other words, we have the door. We have control of the door of our heart. We're the one that opens it. Jesus stands and knocks, but he says, if you'll open the door, I'll come inside of you and live inside of you and have fellowship with you. He'll be your Savior and your Lord. And I want to just pray with you today if you say, Pastor Perry, I need Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord, and I'm ready to open up my heart's door to receive him. I want you to just pray with me right now all across this auditorium. And church family, if you'll join in. But if you're ready and say, Jesus, I want to receive you. I believe you're the risen Savior, and I want to receive you today. I want you to just pray this prayer with me right now. And church family, if you'll join in. And you that are watching online, please join in as well. Would you do that? Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I do believe that you are the risen Savior, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again, and that you're alive today. And right now, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart to be my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me for all of my sins and give me a new start today. With my mouth, I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Lord Jesus, I believe on you now and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I pray in your holy name, in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. Now, before we do anything, if you prayed that prayer with me right now, if you prayed it and you meant it from your heart, all across this auditorium, if you prayed that prayer and said, I receive you, Christ, in my heart and my life, I want to just ask you very quickly just to raise your hand so that I can see you. Just raise your hand real high so that I can see you. Yes over here and yes over here. Yes over here and yes over here. Others, raise your hand real high. Yes back there. Back there. Others, yes over here and yes over here. Yes over here and yes over here. Now give the Lord a great hand clap for that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Those of you that lifted your hand, there's a little orange card in the seat before you that you could just fill out before you leave and just um, and, uh, 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 give it to an usher on the way out or leave it at the information desk. But it says, I received Christ as my Savior. If you're watching online, you can say, I said yes. Just go online and it says, goharvest.org forward slash yes. I received Christ and we'll get back in contact with you. But we just rejoice. Here's what happened when you made that decision today. First of all, your name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You've been registered in heaven. Secondly, you become part of the family of God. Hallelujah. Thirdly, your sins are forgiven as far as the east is from the west. Fourthly, the Bible says you have a future secure in heaven. And the other thing is that the angels in heaven rejoice when even one sinner comes home to the Lord. We've had many this morning, so let's all rejoice again for all of these. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. I'm going to pray a blessing over you right now. By the way, next Sunday, uh, I'm going to be sharing a message that I kind of was incomplete on about... I don't know, the very beginning of February, 
God has given me so much new revelation. I'm talking about new insights, and I'm going to be talking about what to say when you pray. In other words, finding daily power in the Lord's Prayer. This is a prayer that I've walked with and prayed for over 30 years, but God's given me some insights right now that I really believe are going to reconcile in your own spirit and help you to pray with more power and pray with more purpose. That'll be next Sunday. So join us for that. And then uh, right now, I want to just speak a blessing over you in the name of Jesus. And this is a priestly blessing that was commanded by God. He says, speak this over the people. And I want to just do that right now. I just pray right now that the name of the Lord will be over you and your household. May the Lord bless you and keep you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And everyone that will receive that blessing, give the Lord the best hand of the morning. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We love you so much. Exit safely, but have a wonderful Easter. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.